everyone to district divided a dc sports podcast i am amit that is k dot k dot how are you doing sir is the first question and for those of you who are wondering you know we've both got different backgrounds right now uh this is the first fully remote episode of district divided where our travel budget went up a little bit and um yeah we decided to just sort of splurge and treat ourselves a little bit and we're, we're still figuring out location wise how to make it better and more effective for the pod but for now we're having a great time in different places so kdot how are you sir i am doing phenomenally i got down here i'm down uh in south carolina if anybody devout dish divided followers the steering wheel that i had last time was down here is just sitting right here to my left i didn't want it in frame this time around but i'm still in the racing chair i see a crutch over there and some wrestling mats over there i'm in my best friend's son's bedroom doing this pod so feeling good I mean, elite dedication from UK. Dot. Um, yeah. I am in New Orleans. Um, and shout out Oliver Samuel Jacobus and Anna Bryant who are getting married. Uh, so appreciate uh, not only the invitation, but uh, New Orleans is an unbelievable city. It's my first time over here. Um, very cool. Maybe we can we can get into our various travels after the pod. Uh, but the focus of this episode, guys, is the Commanders Eagles game that uh-huh. is coming up. Um, you know, we're going to have to break that down and we're going to give you our honest thoughts on it and uh, very much looking forward to it. We'll begin with the Eagles offense, that high powered offense against our commander's defense. And we'll flip the script and we'll talk about the commander's offense against the Eagles defense. We'll get into predictions. Um, We will talk a little bit about uh, the D.C. Attorney General's office, um, you know, suing. Dan Snyder, the NFL, the Commanders, and Roger Goodell. Uh, we'll also talk about the statement a little bit where the Commanders mentioned Brian Robinson Jr., not by name, but making him sort of relive that incident um, in a pretty classless uh, response uh, to a press conference that was going to happen, hadn't even happened yet. Um, and um, we'll, of course, have the comment mailbag in the after the pod. So we're looking forward to all of it. We did want to begin, though, um, rest in peace, Coy Gibbs, uh, Joe Gibbs' son. Uh, who passed away at the age of just 49. Uh, in fact, his brother, JD, had also passed away at the age of 49 some time ago. Um, kid, I, I know you're big into NASCAR, so you could probably speak more to Koi and you know his contributions, not only to NASCAR, but like your experience, and you probably have more of that connection there. So if you wanted to say anything, the you know, floor is yours. Yeah, I would say that um, I, I was definitely there. I'm not into NASCAR as much as I used to be, but but big time, uh, rest in peace to uh, to, 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 to Koi. Um, I remember uh, even JD passing away just a few years ago. It was 2018, 2019 um, when he passed away. Like uh, I got into NASCAR partially because of my Washington fandom and uh, loving Joe Gibbs and knowing that um, he had a team. It was something that I initially knew I needed to root for. My dad worked at Home Depot for 20 plus years. So Tony Stewart driving at number 20 Pontiac was everything to me. And um, as much as Joe was always a part of it, you always knew that the, the co-owners were his sons and they were always heavily involved in um, tons of great times, whether it be from uh, the bushes that were there under Joe Gibbs racing, the Joey Logano to Tony Stewart, all those guys, just a, just a damn great time. But um, yeah, it's just a tragedy because uh, at the same, with the night that uh, Coy passed away, his son, Ty, who's a uh, driver in the Xfinity series, which is like, if you're F1 fan, they have F2, like the series just right below it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's what the Xfinity series is, and Ty's a hell of a driver there. Um, so it it was just it's it's a tra- it's just tra- so tragic. Um, these guys had so much more life to give, and I mean it's just Joe Gibbs himself is something that I, I the dude is a class act, just amazing human being, and he's experienced so much loss and other things is still being as stoic and as amazing as he is just my thoughts prayers everything go out to him and the gibbs family and um i know this has to be tough uh, i i i feel for him so so deeply 
Yeah. And, you know, we often think about Joe Gibbs just being this uh, legend for our franchise and stuff like that. You forget that sometimes in sports, these people are human beings as well. And to have to lose not one but two sons, uh, it's unspeakable. And so, yeah, uh, just to echo your sentiments, Kate, you know, thoughts and prayers to the family and hope they're doing as well as they can be at this time and that the healing process continues. But obviously, life will never be the same for just being blunt about it. Uh, So anyway, but thoughts and prayers there. Uh, We wanted to mention that beforehand. and now, uh, as, as smoothly as we can possibly transition to uh, a football game that's happening on Monday, uh, the Commanders are playing the Eagles. They are going to be at Lincoln Financial Field to play the undefeated Philadelphia Eagles, coming off a mini buy where they played the Houston Texans. And then instead of playing on Sunday, they play on Monday. So they've had a lot of time to prepare for uh, the Taylor Heineke-led Washington Commanders here. But we're going to begin with Jalen Hurts, that side of the ball, and what the Philadelphia Eagles have been doing uh, to teams recently. I mean, you talk about their ability to run the ball, um, and then with Miles Sanders, with Jalen himself, with Kenneth Gainwell at times, and then you turn it right back around. Dallas Goddard just had 100 yards and a touchdown, and he's had a relatively quiet year. And then you have A.J. Brown, who just two weeks before, 156 yards and three touchdowns. And then against us, Devontae Smith was the guy that went off. So there are a lot a lot of weapons on this offense Uh, on our side. We make a chase young back. That's going to be pretty exciting. Um, We have David Mayo who may come back as well. I mean, these names aren't nearly as sexy as the ones we had mentioned on the Philadelphia side, but uh, we could use all the help we could get. Right. KDOT. Yeah. All hands on deck guy. Um, I'm not looking forward to this game. (laughs) I'm terrified of this game. Um, Yeah, man, Philadelphia, they're undefeated for a reason. But, I mean, I I think that's the thing, as you say, that there's – one could say they've been on a three-week bye, knowing that the bye week (laughs) led to Pittsburgh and then to Houston. Um, We might be their hardest game in three weeks. And next week they got Indianapolis. So, I mean, I think this is the only real test, and I'd be hard-pressed to say that we're really a test if we're really looking at what this team is Um, and kind of where we're stacking up. It's just sort of – mediocre <laughs> um i mean that's the thing is like where you run that high off those three games that we that we rattle off chicago green bay and indy and i don't think anyone would think that philadelphia would be at risk of losing to any of those teams um at all right right so where is it that we stack up against them i don't know i feel like we'll we'll get into the full breakdown but this feels like if it's going to go our way, we'll get into the X's and O's, but it's got to be, is this the trap game for them? Are they a little too lax right. doing right. things? Because, um, yeah, I wouldn't blame them to overlook us. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And also, K-Dot, the game with the Texans for a while was close. Yeah. I think that, I think you can see that, hey, I know the Philadelphia Eagles are overrated, just to provide the other side of it, but they're still young. They still haven't truly done anything yet in the NFL, so they are susceptible to moments like that. Now, they were significantly more talented than the Houston Texans. They realized that, and they managed to pull away. Um, but don't be surprised if they do choose to overlook us as well. Um, so we'll we'll end up seeing what happens. But cannot, let's, let's begin with that breakdown. So their top 10, um, well, their second in points per game at around 28, they... Yep. Um, Top 10 in passing yards, top 10 in rushing yards. Uh, we've mentioned the names again. What would you say is the best way to, it, it would seem like a bend don't break game. What would you say is the best way to slow down this Eagles offense? Uh, to do, oh, shit, That's it's a hard a lot thing of pieces. to think about, right? Yeah, it's yeah. like, you'd think, all right, maybe you do a good job against the run. As we've done most of the year, right? A very good um, job. Yeah. It, we we did well in that first game with them, even though they just they just decided not to at a certain point. Because um, I think the, the lowest rushing total they have all year is against us in that uh, week three game. And I think it's by far, actually. Um, but, yeah, that's the thing. is like you, you stop Miles Sanders, who's averaging five yards a pop right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was like even five plus in that Houston game. Then you have Jalen Hurst that can hurt you. And um, – to me, it is one of those things. It's just, yeah, it's bend, don't break. It's just to do what you we've, – we've talked about and we stressed it. You'd want the guys on the defensive line to finally get home, right? Mm-hmm. But Jalen Hurst has gotten sacked this year, and it hasn't, t- it hasn't stopped him, right? So it's like even if he does that, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to have necessarily success. 
the thing is, is that what you can look at before after the week when they had the Pittsburgh and the Houston game, you can see that while they're scoring points, they're all, they're always scoring like in those twenties or whatever point total when you're looking through it. A lot of those games are one score games, or at least close to one score games. Those games that like they score near the end and then it, it, it inflates the bit. So I think that you just got to kind of keep them honest. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of the quick strikes. I think what you're trying to do is if they're going to have to do anything, let them do it. Let this be one of these battles and not something that they're just throwing these 50 yard bombs at Devontae Smith or AJ Brown and scoring on as fast. I think that could be something that hurts. I think you have to play fundamentally on defense, right? You have to do what you need to do. Miles Sanders has to get stopped. You got to stop that rushing attack. But beyond that, that secondary has to do a damn good job of just disrupting what it is they can for Jalen Hurts. It's not really a whole lot I can look at X's and O's wise because they just have so talented on offense. You can just pray that they can't get in the end zone at a certain point. <laughs> pray that you can hold them to field goals. Um, yep. It's the, the defense has to play the best game they've played all year. Yep. I mean, when you're playing against an undefeated team on the road, they have that mini buy. You you could make the case, like you were saying, that they haven't really played a true football game in quite some time. Um, you are going to have to play a near perfect game. Uh, this will, once again, you look at your stars, you look at who you're paying. You're paying John Allen, right? You, you need him to Playmaker continue. Time. Yeah. You need to continue to rely on him. Deron Payne's having a fantastic year. Uh, Montez Sweat. You're so athletic. This may well be your moment, right? To be able to help contain Jalen Hurts. And then you mentioned the back end. Um, I thought Kendall Fuller had a nicer game relative to games he's had uh, last week. Um, And then St. Juiced has really grown into his own. So I think it's nice to know that we have a more confident secondary going into this game. Uh, You talk about third down conversion rate. It's significantly lessened since we last played the Eagles. It was very early on at that time. Uh, So it is a different defense that is playing against same guys, but different defense. Uh, Jamin Davis is incredibly confident right now. So reasons for optimism as well. The way I look at this game is, are we improving? Are we getting better at the little things, right? Because uh, this is a 10 and a half point spread. Um, Feel free to expect to win, but it's, it's a tall, tall order. Um, I want to see improvement just across the board. We're seeing it with Jamin. Uh, We're seeing St. Juice develop Uh, cam curl has continuously been excellent this season. I want to continue seeing those things. Um, And hopefully we can force a turnover. The Eagles are plus, I believe it's 15. Let me double check. Yep. Plus 15 in the turnover category. That is good for number one in the NFL. We are 25th with minus four. So you're going to need to force some turnover somehow. And that always, always involves getting to the QB and forcing him to make a bad decision. Some people are not convinced by Jalen hurts. We need to show them that he is not a convincing quarterback. It's, it's as simple as that starts with the D line and then you got to play a lights out game. I mean, it's just true. You need to play a lights out game and no one's been able to do that against them just yet. Yeah, that's your hundred percent. Like the defense has to play fundamentally sound as sound as we have. But I think that what you said near the beginning of that is going to be the big benchmark. We have not had a lot of big time plays on defense this season. We've had a few moments, but we haven't had uh, like this needs to be pick six territory. This needs to be fumble scoop return territory, right? Um, This is it's big stage. You guys got to come to play. And that's what we we need to see a fired up defense making shit happen, because I think that's the only way that you can really get in the heads of that Philadelphia Eagles offense is to maybe have some things turn your way to get them flustered, because like They've had, they've just been able to kind of march through anything and be methodical in the way that they're doing it. We've got to punch them in the mouth and um, see what happens to your game plan when you get punched in the mouth. Like that Mike Tyson thing, right? Yeah. Everybody has a game plan. So you get punched in the mouth. Well, Um, I got to, I got to say, sorry, just you talk about getting punched in the mouth in Philadelphia. And uh, last Saturday was maybe one of the greatest days ever where the Philadelphia Union lose in heartbreaking fashion uh, to LAFC. I mean, that was such a heartbreaker. And then just hours later, the Houston Astros beat Philadelphia, the Phillies in the World Series. I mean, you talk about Snyder announces he's selling the team or at least is uh, paired up with Bank of America Securities on Wednesday. That's already terrific news. Uh, Chase Young being activated from IR or designated for a return. Uh, Brian Robinson Jr. They have a suspect. Uh, and then 
literally three days later from a DC sports perspective to see Philadelphia suffer the way they did was just absolutely wonderful. I just wanted to mention that as well. Good to mention. Look, I I will say that I I had some friends who were up in Philadelphia uh, before everything came crashing down. They were talking about the spirit and the vibe that was in the town. And they were like, it really felt like the city of brotherly love. And I was like, maybe I'll go up there for a little bit. Um, Because I had my first positive experience in Philadelphia last year. And I, I actually, I, I, I was actually, I, I contemplated for a little bit moving up there. I'm gonna be completely honest. But really, all right. Yeah, I, I do. I, I'm starting to kind of fall in love with that city. But uh, yeah, maybe this is just one of those things. Is that? And here's that's the thing that you just reminded me. Is it? Uh, as we're gonna get into the offense against the defense, we're gonna be a little more depressed than what we just talked about. <laughs> um, remember, Dan Snyder's leaving, guys. I know. So it's like I. That's the thing. We could lose out the rest of this year. You got to remember, in the grand scheme, in the long term of things, we've won. We Keep have. that in the back of your head. We, we've won. We've uh, won. It is so important to remember. Or winning. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, right now, it, it is a great time to be a fan. It is a great time to be a fan because it seems like long term, there's hope for the first time in quite some time. Um, let's flip the script. Let's go ahead and talk about the commander's offense led by one Taylor Heineke. Against this Eagles defense, which its secondary is star studded and it is playing really, really well. Now, there is something I want to know, which is that Jordan Davis, their first round pick is on IR. He will not be playing this game. And they played Damian Pierce in the Houston Texans last Thursday. And Damian Pierce, I mean, first off, incredibly talented football player, very, very hard to bring down, but he was making it look easy. So in terms of an opportunity, a window of opportunity for this offense. It plays right into what we want to be able to do, uh, which is run the ball. Uh, And so Brian Robinson Jr., this is as big a moment for him to be able to shine. Antonio Gibson, as big a moment for him to be able to shine. Heineke using his legs, he will have to. Uh, Carson Wentz got sacked, what, nine times or something like that the first time we played? Yeah, yeah, the first time we played Philadelphia. So... Get sacked less than that. You know, if you're Taylor, let's start there. And, uh, and I think just make some plays. Just this is a peak. Let Taylor be Taylor game because he's playing with house money. That's exactly what happened when he came in against Tampa Bay. This is a house money game, and he seems to do pretty well in those situations. Kadon. Go ahead and shit on all of that now. <laughs> Look, man. Um, Taylor has to be the best version of Taylor in this game. Okay, yeah. so that that's the no main doubt. thing. The, the 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 big thing going into this is like you said they are plus fifteen in the turnover battle, mm-hmm. and that's the glaring thing. If this team to me is why you're seeing them have necessarily as much success that they've had, and that defense, Darius Slay will make you pay if <laughs> you fuck around with them. And um, look, we know where Taylor's gonna want to go with this football. He's going to want to go to Big Terry. And look, Terry had a 100-plus game against Philadelphia earlier this year. But you look at last season um, when you had Taylor behind center and both of those Philadelphia losses, I think his high was 60 yards in any each of, the, any, any of those games. And I'd say right now, if you're forcing the ball to him with a sleigh back there, he's going to make you pay. And the the the, the other part of it is that, like, as much as we can look at the that Curtis Samuel play against Minnesota and be like, oh, wow, that worked out, I doubt we'll have a referee taking out their safety account. Well, Heineke is reviewing the film right now. We just discussed <laughs> that, so we'll we'll see we'll see what he can do. <laughs> I'm just saying, you, Taylor's got to take care of this football, and I think the way that you do this is they can be ran on. You said it, the Damian Pierce thing. They have not looked good run defense wise pretty much all season. Um, like I said, the, the 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 like you look at what it is they've given up rushing wise. Uh, the last few games: one sixty eight, one forty four, one thirty four, one twenty four. You can run on them, and that's going to be something that we have to do. This is going to be one of those games in which we have to slow it all the way down take care of the football and run methodically. This needs to be one of those games in which we try to control the time of possession because we know on offense, if they get enough cracks at it, they're going to score. So what we have to do is we got to use our offense as the best defense as well, which is when, when are we excelling at our best? 
is when you got that two-headed monster, Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson, putting in the work, controlling the time possession, making sure that we're in third and short situations, making sure that we can run the ball. We When they know that we're lined up to do it, to do it fucking anyway. And to have Scott Turner, we look, we, we give Scott Turner a lot of credit for being able to scheme guys open, right? But he has to have game feel. Let's get let's 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 be methodical in what it is we're doing, and then get Taylor Heineke in a position where he can make the easy throw to get the first down and continues to move down the field without turning it over. Because they will make you fucking pay. As much as we talk about they, what they've been able to do or give up uh, rushing wise, look at what they're doing uh, turnover wise in reverse order. Two, two, three, one, five, three, one. There's not been a team that has faced Philadelphia that's not turned the ball over. Yeah. We can't give them, we can't give it to them. I say that this is one of those games where if you look at the turnovers, that'll probably turnovers and time possession will tell you exactly how this game plays out. Yeah. And you know what? You you really hit the nail on the head there because whenever you see a situation where there is a double digit underdog, I guarantee look at any box score. Uh the team that you know, is able to overcome those odds and win outright. They control time of possession and they won the turnover battle. They won both. Yeah. I, I mean, you're going to find very few instances where they did not win both um, and certainly turnovers. And so um, I think that's one of the keys is this is going to sound crazy, but short first downs, if that makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. Like increasing the number of first downs you can get to increase the amount of time you could take off per possession and ideally these are long scoring drives i mean we think about no hero ball today no hero you think about that 10 minute drive against tampa bay last season that everyone highlighted you know you will need a drive like that perhaps a second one you know like it's (laughs) you know it's gonna be one of those games where we we talk about playing perfect but i i do want to highlight that this is um a pretty ideal matchup for what we want to be able to do as crazy as that sounds, because this is a situation where we go, okay, let's get back to our bread and butter. Historically we run. This is who we are. This is our identity. Um, and I think it, it sets up well in that respect. Now, can we do it? Uh, because oftentimes you don't play this game on paper, Dot, as you know, you right. see stats, you go, Oh, we can run on them. And the next thing you know, we have 20 yards rushing in the game. And it's just like, how did that? So you have to be able to execute on that. And I do think the player of the game, should this be a commander's victory, has to be on the offensive side of the ball. Taylor for protecting, of course, but it will be Brian and it will be Antonio for just how well they run and that offensive line for how well they are able to block. This That is the path to victory. It's not going to be airing it out against these guys. It just isn't. I, I can't see a situation where Heineke is just like five touchdowns and like 300 yards like you know it it, it has to be on the ground k-dot no I, I i agree wholeheartedly and like you said it, as far as this being the matchup that kind of plays into exactly what it is that we the things that we can highlight when we're succeeding we're doing well at if we do those things again you have a shot right so and you see certain things are trending in the right direction that some of that has to do with maybe some of the favorable matchups we've gotten but you look at like Philadelphia all season on offense has turned the ball over three times, mm-hmm. <laughs> three times, period. One time in three games. That's it. Um, for us, we've turned the ball over in every game, but one uh, on offense at mm-hmm. that Chicago game. But then you look defensively for us. You have majority of the beginning of the season. We're not really doing anything in the turnover column, but in the last four games, we've had turnovers, right? So you'd hope that that continues to trend in the right direction for us, right? Um, but yeah, the, 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 the idea that if you, when we're looking at, you have to control the time possession, you can't afford to turn the ball over. I can't, I can't stress that enough. Has and that's going to be, it has to be zero. And that's one of those things where that is where I have the Taylor Heineke. Boy, oh boy, you need to take care of the football. We love him in those big moments. We love him making that play that nobody else would because he just wills it in the being. But sometimes when he's doing that, it's not necessarily the right call. It's not necessarily the thing that makes the most sense. And he's got to play more fundamental this game if we're going to have success. Because I'm sorry, as much as you're going to do, that is a complete team you're facing. And mm-hmm. it, it, you can't take them on by yourself. It's just not it's not going to work out for you. Yeah, and just once again to mention some of those names of the secondary. I mean, James Bradbury, Darius Slay, C.J. Gardner Johnson, who I think leads. All graded. So uh, Marcus high. Epps. 
Like, yeah, they, yeah. They've got some guys on that, it's, man. They've, they've absolutely. Props to Howie Roseman for swinging for the fences on these guys. It's been working. You They're know, a it, well-built team. Yeah. They're a very well-built team. And, like, everybody wants to be on the fence about Jalen Hurts. Look, the only thing I'm on the fence with Jalen Hurts is whether or not he can do it in the playoffs. Like, you, that is my only thing. Yeah. But regular season so far, I don't I don't understand what anybody could be doubting with yeah. what it is you're seeing him do. Um, and I think another thing that we got to make sure we do, um, just one last thing, is when it comes to the Jalen Hurts thing, we did a good job in that first game containing him on the ground. And we've got to keep that up, too. Because if he starts burning you with the legs, on top of being able to throw that ball on you, on top of Miles Sanders getting five yards of carry, it'll be a long fucking night if you can't contain him. Well, I also think part of the contribution to containing him on the ground was that he was dogging us in the air. Uh, and so yeah. I think I think what we need to do is protect that to force him to try and make a play like that and force that, a fumble. That first game, that was the, they had the explosion point. It wasn't like the second quarter. And then it was like nothing. It was the one on. where we were thinking about challenging and didn't. Uh, ah. Where I think the play would have stood to Devonte Smith, but it was close. Okay. You remember there was like a little bobble, or maybe he didn't get that second foot in. I, I can't remember what the exact situation was, but it was a sort of um, questionable reception. Uh, we didn't well, challenge quick enough. They quickly ran, and uh, yeah. I was looking at I was looking to see how they did. I, I was just looking at that first game, and it was those twenty four points they scored on us all came in the second quarter. Yeah, but the first quarter, the defense actually did more than enough. And we were mm-hmm. thinking, hey, now Carson can play. Hey, now Carson right. can play. And it just never But that's got the thing. It's going. like you, you, you go down 24, right? Mm-hmm. And in the second half, I mean, they still didn't run the football really. God, what an then, ugly game. But then the, but the thing was is that it made us one-dimensional offensively mm-hmm. because we knew we couldn't do it on the ground anymore. Yeah. And at that point in early in the season, we didn't really have a ground game, right? So, like. Look, I do. I think Philadelphia is better than that team that we played week three. Yes, I think they have gotten better. Um, but do I think we've gotten better? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So the combination of those things, I, look, I, I, I do think, I, I do think we have a shot at this. I really do. Yeah, yeah. And I uh, uh, just wanted to note that I think people can just say, "Oh, both teams got better." Obvious statement. That is not true for all NFL teams. No. Not all NFL teams have gotten better. We Absolutely. can say we have gotten better. And we could also say Philadelphia's gotten better. I think this is a case where both have. Um, we thought that Lions team was going to be feisty. Uh, look at them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right have there. the Packers gotten better? Nope. Nope. <laughs> so, I mean, it's it's okay to say both teams have gotten better here. Just wanted to mention that. Um, Appreciate you well, having my back on that. Hey, hey. You know, sometimes we're district divided. Sometimes we're, we're united in our points here. Um, let's talk about Carl Racine. Let's talk about... Um, the attorney general, uh, office of the attorney general here in DC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just like wanted it. to quickly like mention, like right? Like because, like because, like because, 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 um, what happened here, I think, contributes to the field a little bit, which is why I wanted to mention it. Love it. Um, and so, office of the attorney general came out earlier this week saying we have a press conference happening Thursday. Um, and it's about the commanders and it's a major announcement. That was the quote, uh, major announcement. And uh, the commanders did not seem to take uh, too kindly to that news. And they had a statement that they released and it began with mentioning that there is a certain 23 year old on the team. And you can guess who that is. That was shot multiple times in broad daylight in D.C. That is an official statement uh, where they had basically said that. And then proceeded to say, we have been cooperative with the attorney general's office. We can't believe they're doing this to us. It was almost like a, um, hey, you screwed this up and now you're coming after us. They were trying to almost discredit the office with the shooting. And it was, I mean, the national media as well as the local media was like, what the fuck? And it also, it also leaked down and trickled down to the players who were finally speaking out and, and props to them. Because uh, that's scary when you are uh, talking against an organization that's providing you a paycheck uh, to go, you know what? This is absurd. Uh, Benjamin St. Just has mentioned it. I think Charles Leno mentioned it. Brian Robinson handled it with absolute class. Jason Heineke, Wright. Jason Wright. They've all been like, it's always something. Something new pops up every week. You hear this and it's got to be frustrating for the players. I feel for them so much mm-hmm. in these situations because at least for fans, you can turn it off if you're just like, oh, Fuck this. If you're a player, you're in that building every day, right? You're practicing. The media is there. It's hard to get away from it. It's so, so freaking frustrating. So I just wanted to mention that yep. that statement comes out. Then Carl Racine, who is the attorney general right now for another couple months, uh, announces that he is suing the NFL, 
the commanders, Dan Snyder, Roger Goodell, um, citing the Consumer Protection Act, basically saying the NFL and the commanders colluded uh, to basically lie to the public, specifically D.C. residents. That's how he framed it. Um, and that is the reason that they are being sued. And it's a civil lawsuit because D.C. residents are owed accountability. Um, other people involved in these cases and these sort of fake investigations or light investigations are, are owed answers and accountability as well. And so that's where he was coming from. Um and we'll see where that goes, Kate. But what was your reaction to the press conference, to the news, to the freaking statement before that? I, I honestly thought the press conference itself was a nothing burger. I'm being completely yeah, honest. I would, no, um, no, I'm right there with you. I would right. agree. It's like, I mean, the most I was seeing was that maybe some of the stuff when it came to the season ticket holders and as far as some of the finances there, when it came to getting a refund. But we knew the financial impropriety stuff that they were they were getting into with that. Um mm-hmm. But beyond that, it did feel like a nothing burger. What it did feel with with the thing, the glaring thing was the response the team had turned it into something it didn't need to be. And (laughs) that's the thing is like they can't get out of their own way. Look, I've I've said this time and time again, the countdown continues. We've gone past the point. It's not we're done. Snyder is gone. I'm telling you, I promise you, he's gone. It's over. Right. It's just how shitty is he going to look in the process going out of it? And does he have it within himself to shut the fuck up? Take your $9 billion and coast off into the sunset, or you're going to go kicking and screaming, man. Like this, this is where, this is where it comes down to is like at every opportunity, they will do the classless thing. They will do the thing. This, the, the bringing up Brian Robinson to me was almost shades of what they did to Scott McLuhan. And it's absolutely. Who, Right. As someone who has struggled with alcoholism myself, with someone who has a lot of friends, and it, it is a personal thing to me, to throw that man on the bus the way they did, to try to get ahead of it or to try to skirt the narrative, do this, that, and the other, it's like, y'all don't have the, y'all don't have the decency to do anything right by anyone else. Yeah. It, it's just slinging mud nonstop. And the thing that you know it's a breaking point. When you got Jason Wright immediately distancing the organization from the state, that's Snyder and his people, not us. That's Snyder and that's not us. Jason Wright doesn't do that. When you got Benjamin St. Juice going on that, or even though it's French media, and speaking about it, or at least French speaking media, and speaking about it, we never got that before. Like it's, we are past, we've gone beyond. It's Mm -hmm. literally right now, the, and this is why I go back to, I really did believe the statement that he was looking through his options, right? I still don't, I still think he's trying to fight things. It's just every day that goes by, the options are getting slimmer and slimmer and slimmer. Because yeah. you, if you're trying to sell a team for a few billion, what do you not do? You don't release a statement like that. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, doors are closing for him. The doors are closing very, very fast for him as he continues to shoot himself in the foot. I can't imagine other NFL owners are particularly excited about being sued. Um, I can't imagine they're particularly excited about this continuing to occur with this franchise. So uh, the reason I wanted to bring it up, KDOT, is because I think Monday night, more than anything, no matter how it goes, is going to be a relief for the players to finally play a football game amidst this absolutely insane environment where they can just go Finally, we can do what we're here to do, which is play a game. This has the potential to be a rally, a rallying point for the players to just be like, hey, it's us. It's just us. Let's focus on ourselves and this us against the world mentality. I don't know. I think I'm not trying to spin this as a good thing, just to no, be I get, I get, I get, but, yeah, but like uh, just to say that you're an athlete. You work really hard on your craft. You work really hard to be the best version of yourself and to be able to make plays on Sunday, in this case, Monday. No, it's it's taking something shitty that the players didn't do themselves to try to understand or make this a rallying thing for them to fight for something and to fight for it. And I, I, I think that's a I, I, I don't fault you at all for wanting that to be true. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I don't see it because, I mean, I even look at Ron Rivera just buried his mom and he has to come back and deal with this shit. Yeah. Like it's it's when you hear about why Washington is not a free agent destination, it's not because the wins and losses necessarily. It's about people talk about the toxicity that this team breeds. And you have to answer questions to shit that you don't want to because it's so not about what's happening on the field. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I'd like to think that maybe there have been meetings between Ron, maybe even Jason Wright, some of the guys, and saying, hey, fuck the guy up top. We all are on the same. Fuck the guy up top. We're doing this for each other. I'd love for that to be the case. I don't know if that's happened. I've got reason to believe they'd still probably be afraid to do that. Um, but yeah, maybe you're right. Cause like, like we said, this is the first time ever that you've had guys actually being vocal about the shit that's happening in a real way. So yep. maybe it has, maybe it absolutely has. Well, so what I just wanted to quickly mention is that this is, I mean, I guarantee you everyone in the locker room looks at Brian Robinson Jr. Like, hey man, we got your back. That was bullshit. That was Bush League from our own organization. We got you. And this also, again, we talk about the rankings. This sets up pretty well for Brad Robinson to have himself a day. Wouldn't yeah. be surprised if there is an emotional sort of push for him and push for that offensive line to be able to play just a little bit better, just that little extra ounce of energy they didn't know they had. Uh, you know, there's the human element of this. Um, and so just wanted to mention that as well. I'm, yeah, I'm hopeful because uh, Brian... Step the fuck up, bro. You're average of three yards of carry. You need to get in. You need to get something. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, I, 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 you did not need to be dragged in that at all. But there's, you, you need to find something to fuel that and, and get this shit right. Cause this is a game that we got to rely on you. Absolutely. Um, and we just need to get him past the first fucking level. So that, and I'm going to put that partly on the offensive line because I have all the faith in the world in that man's talent. Um, so anyway, let's, Let's jump over to the uh, predictions. So once again, we had mentioned that the commanders are 10 and a half point dogs on the road this Monday night. Uh, the over under is 43 and a half. KDOT, I need from you as always. I need a score. I need a winner and I need a player of the game. The floor is yours. Uh, 24-20. Philadelphia pulls it out. Um, I think player of the game is uh, Jalen Hurts. To me, this becomes the conversation I'm already prepared to have is the conversation we've been having on the pod, which is who's the starting quarterback next week. Mm -hmm. um, and I think what you're going to end up seeing is exactly what it is we've talked about, which is that Taylor's going to turn the ball over. But I do think you'll have late game heroics that just fall short. Um, and that's how this thing ends. It's with enough promise of this is why we love this guy, but the reality of as much as we do, it doesn't get the job done. Okay. Okay. No, I, I listen, I can totally see that. It's also a divisional game. So whenever you see a line this large, I tend to think a cover occurs uh, simply because divisional game, you almost throw out some of the rankings sometimes. Um, as of now, I'm still thinking about it, but as of now, I also have the Eagles winning um by a score of 27 to 23 um so i do think it actually goes over uh i think heineke does have himself a pretty nice game uh, i could see him shining in this situation uh just because again it's a house money situation i've seen him in house money situations i believe in him in those situations he plays every game like it's his last sometimes he shouldn't but he does it's who he is um i could see this getting exciting but i do think the eagles at home that much rest I think they're able to uh, they're able to win. My player of the game uh, is also Jalen Hurts. Uh, but if I were to pick someone that's not the quarterback, um, I'd say this time it's probably A.J. Brown. So yeah. last time it was Devontae Smith. I think this time A.J. Brown's the one that gets going. Uh, that that crowd fucking loves him. Uh, so he was just getting his bearings the first time we played him. Now I know. My God. I mean, he's. <laughs> He's a very, very real talent. Um, shout out to all the wide receivers who made big money moves to other teams. Uh, that seems to be working really, really well, whether it be from a stats perspective, like Devontae Adams, who like gets his, but yeah, the Raiders kind of suck, to like Tyree Kill completely transforming the Miami Dolphins. Uh, AJ Brown seemingly putting the Eagles over the top for the time being. Like it, it seems to be these wide receivers, good for them. <laughs> good for them um well, Beckham's going to make his decision yeah and it's a big one if he's fully healthy uh but and he'll hey, Odell if you're listening to this this needs to be your blueprint every year don't go to training camp don't he's figured it out year. he's figured it you out do this once a year you save yourself up until about week 10 and then look through the Rolodex and see who's a contender and then fucking contribute you would have been at Super Bowl MVP if you had if you stayed healthy he was Easily. on track for 200 plus yards yeah and um 
I mean, I feel like Gronk was also doing that. He would sort of just check the record and be like, yeah, okay, I'll come back this year. Um, it, it sort of had that feel. But mm-hmm. let's get over to the comment mailbag uh, where we have, I believe, six comments right now. We appreciate all of you for commenting as always. And so we're going to begin with Tony. 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 Shout out, Tony. Uh, with two comments, the first one reading, I don't care what I'm doing. If I see District Divided dropped a video, F everything else, I'm tuning in to watch I'm at the dot. That's my favorite comment of all time. Really Love appreciate it. you, Tony, for that. Love it. Love you, buddy. Um, And then we've got the second comment, which is, <laughs> would it be the commanders took a dunkle Sunday or the commanders made a dunkle Sunday? Uh, I agree with Amit 100%. We've seen enough of Wentz to know he mentally ain't the guy. Uh, appreciate the comment there, Tony. I appreciate the backing. That is very important to me that Tony's on my side of this. Uh, but um Back to the Dunkel thing. I'm going to read that one more time, Kate. I'm going to need you to answer this. Would it be the you're the expert? Would it be? (laughs) Well, I had a different I had a different understanding of what Dunkel was until you guys transformed it into whatever the heck it is now. Only one meeting. Would it be the Would it be the Commanders took a Dunkel Sunday or the Commanders made a Dunkel Sunday? It it seems more like a took than make. Were you going to go the other way? Yeah. What did I say? What Dunkling is uh, analingus that involves Dunkaroos. So um yeah, be more verbish like verb. It's, yeah. This thing has taken on a life of its own, by the way. I, I mean Dunkel is like it's gonna stick. It's gonna stick around. It's going to be a complete snane. Oh god. Okay. Well, okay. So we're alluding to other comments that are that are fast approaching. Uh but oh hold on, that gets dropped in the comment. Oh, <laughs> I just remember snane. There is a snane. There there is a snane that gets mentioned <laughs> later. Um <laughs> But appreciate the comments, Tony. And then we go over to Base Jiren. Um, I believe back-to-back episodes, maybe three in a row, uh, commenting. Appreciate you, Base Jiren. Um, his comment reads, Y'all are definitely the upper echelon of Commander's channels. Thanks for having an actual productive discussion instead of just being salty like some Commander's channels. Cough, Washington Commander's declassified. Oh, <laughs> that's the cough. Oof. Uh, keep up the good work, and I hope Snyder actually does sell the team for your guys' insanity. We really appreciate the comment, Base Jiren. Um I, I particularly am honored to be in the upper echelon of uh, Commander's Channels there. So really appreciate that. And uh, yeah, we hope Snyder sells the team for your sanity as well. I assume your sanity is also entirely dependent on Snyder selling this thing. Um, any thoughts there, K-Dot? Yeah, I'm glad to be mentioned. I, I can't say that I'm too familiar with the podcast she named. I don't really listen to a lot of other Commander podcasts. We're, we're I mean, focused inwards here. We're focused in- inwards. Internal. I mean, we I, I do watch Ref Edition from time to time since we did that collab uh, with them. So like great uh, guys. I will always yeah, represent yeah. those guys. Those guys are great. And then um, uh, a pod with a guy who would not ever refer to himself as a commander, but he's related to the team is I watch John Riggins show, but oh, yeah. um, he doesn't really give a shit. <laughs> that's what we love about him. <laughs> and that's why. Yeah. Still favorite player of all time. Um, shout out base here and appreciate the comment there. And then we go over to Blood Clot. Um, who is always out here commenting. Appreciate Damn, you, Blood Clot. Um, K-Dot's version of Dunkle. We're right back on it. K-Dot's version of Dunkle reminded me of those Asian treats with the breadsticks you dip into the cup of chocolate. I think it's called Yen Yen. I think uh, more what I'm talking about is two girls, one cup. Was that Japanese? Oh, God. I forgot about that. That is a... I remember when someone was like, have you seen this video? I was like, no. Two girls, one cup, Dunkle. Do you want to? I said no. And then they showed it anyway. And it was, oh. To me, what was always great about was the music. I'm not going to be the asshole that says watch that video. I would say don't watch it. There is no no, need. I was showing it to everyone. Of course you were. Anyway, okay. Shout out Blood Clot for the comment. Appreciate that. Uh, We then move over to Pally for Life. Um, Shout out Pally for Life. Appreciate it. Uh, watching Ameth and KDOT argue was as painful as watching one's parents argue. You understand both sides and just wish they would reconcile so you don't need to attend family court. That being said, in this divorce, custody should be granted to Ameth. I've seen enough whens. There is certainly some pathos filtering into my perspective, but the heart wants what the heart wants, and the heart wants Taylor Heineke and his, quote, miles and miles of heart, end quote. On an unrelated note, do you think Philly will make the commander snain their dunkles? Monsieur X. Appreciate the comment. And there is the snain mention. I, I want to address the first part first, though. Go ahead. So what Pally for Life just admitted to is that what he's doing, if this is if we're the divorcing couple, 
Yeah. He's deciding to go with um all right, you're gonna be mom in the snare. He's gonna sure. go with mom that uh lets him eat candy every day and never he does nothing wrong and he's just gonna coddle and you get gifts and everything. Well, I'm dad saying do your fucking homework. This is what it is. I got love for you, but you're not no, I mean you're not taking advantage of me. This yeah. is what it is. He's going with the easy answer. Y'all want to love the Taylor Heineke answer. It is what it is. And what I'll tell you right now is that when Carson comes back, because he will come back, and he plays lights out, like a lot of times on this And he plays lights out? We're not doing this again. We're not doing this again. As as happens a lot on this podcast. Not necessarily Mm because we don't usually disagree this hardcore. But I will say, I'm usually right about things. Oh, okay. Okay. (laughs) You know what? We could get into this. We're not going to. We're we're in good places right now. I'm in New Orleans. You're in South Carolina. We we're did. having ourselves a good time. If we're the we're couple, it'd be, honey, honey, you should listen to me a bit more. Yeah, not know? now, sweetie. <laughs> not now, sweetie. Why don't we table this I for a bit? I don't um, we, we have one more. Co- oh, hold on one second. Um, get out one sec. Yeah. Be right back. We're just going to grab an apple. One sec. Yeah. And we got one last comment. I'm going to read one sec. I think he needs to go snake his uncle. God damn. K-Dot. It's public enemy number one of the Dish Divided family. How you doing, brother? I'm I'm doing well. Um, oh God, are you live reading a comment? Is that is that what's happening? Are you are yes, you reading sir. your own comment? Uh this comment comes from oh, uh, let's say Ridge, wear your helmet at. <sighs> I'd also like to shout out um, A1 Appliance Bedding and Furniture. This comment is brought to you by A1 Appliance Bedding and Furniture. Shout out to our girl Lexi over there. Kadeem, the type of scout that would draft Jamarcus Russell number one because he's so wowed by his arm strength and physical ceiling. Kadeem, would you care to comment on the fact that you would draft Jamarcus Russell number one because you would be so smitten by his physical abilities and look past the rest of the qualities that make a capable quarterback. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm not going that far. Okay. So there's a thing that so there's personality to me and there are intangibles to me that work out in someone's favor compared to not working out in their favor, right? I think the thing with Carson Wentz that is the biggest issue to have is unlike Jamarcus Russell, who thought he had it, right? He thought he had it figured out. There was a level of what did I say, uh, ego and pride there that made him not work at his craft at all. And it was very evident since the days back in college, he was just not gonna do it, right? Carson's not that guy. The only thing with Carson is that he's a socially awkward ginger. (laughs) No one can believe him. And it's a tragic thing. No one looks at Jamarcus Russell and says that's a tragedy. That goes, you lazy fuck. Why don't you watch the play? Why don't you watch game film? Carson is, he's just not got that swag that Taylor does. Like, that's the big difference is there's, he's swagless. Like even Carson exactly Cousins has more swag than like you'd never see Carson went with the chains on the plane like you saw Kirk Cousins flying away from Minnesota. It just wouldn't happen. But I'm telling you, there are some guys that fit into this category, which they they don't necessarily. There there are guys historically in the league that are along the lines of Carson that can get the job done. It's just a matter of can they take you to the promised land? Probably not. But to me, it's if you've already invested as much money in the salary, you have to make sure no stone is left unturned. I think people are thinking that I think Carson Wentz is like a Super Bowl winning quarterback. I don't. To me, it's the Taylor Heineke. I've seen everything I need to see. He had a full season with us, more than full season with us last year. Looking into this year, I see the improvements in certain aspects. I love him to death. I want him to be the backup on this team forever. Paying whatever he needs to be to be back up on the scene forever. But I think with Carson right now, we did not give him the full compliment on offense that exists right now. And that's the only thing I need to see. And if in two weeks it's the same thing, if it's the same thing that I saw in week in, in the weeks previously, then yeah, I'm right there with you. Same hell time. If we're because at that point we're mathematically eliminated. 
It's all I'm hearing out. is that you would trade swag for five extra yards on a throw. I'm saying that you want a socially awkward ginger leading our team. I'm saying swag isn't everything. I'm saying that if you if if he can if he if like I actually think the most swagged out quarterback in the NFL right now to me is Joe Burrow. But you would also know Joe Burrow's a lot more talented than Taylor Heineken after training with being. And that to me is like that's the chasm is that like I just wish Taylor there's as much as I can hope and pray for his arm strength's not going to get more. It's not gonna get better. He makes like, plays. He, he makes gets plays. out of the, I get, like, he, he evades sacks, he gets the <laughs> ball to Terry. Does Carson do that? What? Get the ball to Terry? Carson doesn't get the ball to Terry. Yeah, that's the thing. Carson, Carson doesn't get over, out of the pocket. Carson absolutely was overthinking everything early on the season. Absolutely. But then and we do also you look, think once he comes back, a, that's going to change. But here's another. But here's another thing: is that I don't know if things have necessarily changed over the season with Scott Turner. I don't know. I don't know yet because the 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 thing with Scott Turner is it does seem like he, at least like even in the Indianapolis game, he was getting a little looser when it came to the offensive plays. Like it seemed like he was tailoring it more to Taylor Heineke. The thing what Carson succeeded with in Indianapolis, which is one of the re- another reason that they've regressed this year, was that Carson was given a lot of responsibility on the offensive line as far as what it is they were doing, checking in and out of runs, right? And apparently that has completely gone away in Washington. But there's also a matter of we didn't have a rushing attack when he was here. They were asking him to drop back 40-something times a game. And when you drop back 40-something times a game, getting pressured, it changes the dynamic of the way you're going to play on offense. And look, there have been games at least the last two the last two weeks with Taylor that he's starting to look like T- Carson was, where he's not taking the checkdowns that he needs to, right? He was forcing the ball down if Taylor's forcing the ball down the field, where he's not taking the checkdowns and everything. And my thing is like, if Taylor, if you're going to do the same things that Carson was fucking doing, <laughs> you're supposed to be the anti-Carson. Like if you're if you're not doing the checkdowns, you're you're not doing what you're supposed to do as far as taking care of the football. What's the point now? Like, I've already seen everything on DC. Maybe he's more fun to watch on TV than Carson Wentz, but I still go back to a stone left unturned for me is seeing Carson with the team. I'm not guaranteed that success, but I need to see it. In We've order seen for me enough. To okay, so tell me, what would Taylor Heineke would you have say, to do hey, here's, on Monday? Here's my only question. Here's my only question to you. Would you say the last time that Carson Wentz started, right? What was that, is the, the Bears game? The Bears game. Would you say that the offense looks different as far as the compliment around him, looks different now than it did then. It does because of who's playing at quarterback. You think that's it? Yes. The so team you think, loves, so the the running team game? loves Taylor Heineke. The so the running game is because they love Taylor Heineke? The, running the, offensive, game is- the offensive line is playing better. It couldn't be because Brian Robinson got shot? <laughs> no, I mean, the offensive line loves Heineke. The mm-hmm. receivers are blocking better. The team just responds to Heineke. a guy that they know compared to a guy that they don't know. Absolutely. But the guy that they don't know hasn't had enough time with them. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I haven't, like, watched too many of the last few games. I've been in Columbia. But. Taylor has been making a lot of. Look, I'm telling you, man. Like, that's the one thing that we always had with Taylor throughout the season so far. Is that the long ball wasn't there, right? He took the checkdowns. And he did an amazing job of taking the checkdowns. The last two games, he's done a really shitty job as far as taking the taking the open opportunity. He's he's been doing a really bad job of that. And if that's going to be what he's doing, then he's doing right, the same. Tell, thing tell me what he has to do on Monday to win you over, so that once Taylor, Wentz is available again, the only thing Taylor can do to me to win me over to know that he's going to be the starter necessarily. Like well, hold on, win me what, over in charge, what sense? No, win me over in what sense? Like win me over? What, how? I mean, you think Carson Wentz should start as soon as he's back? What would Taylor Heineke have to do on Monday to make you believe otherwise? Play lights out and be the be the leader of a victory against Philadelphia. He's already he's been doing that. He's been playing lights out. No, he's he, been our leader. If he leads us, if it's him, not the rushing attack, if it's him that leads us to a victory against Philadelphia, convincing victory against Philadelphia, yeah, give him some more weeks. Because guess what? It's that to me will be the most impressive thing that's happened this season. Period. And he's gonna do that. We're, let's rock and roll. I'm hoping Commanders you're right. 26, Eagles 23, lock of the week. The other lock of the month is me running you over in our Thanksgiving football game. I don't really play that much anymore. I just got to let you know. I'm a pancake, you dog. You, you, you're not capable of that. 
I'm gonna pancake you, K Dot. You're not capable of that, man. Um, I, I like the other lock of the, the Taylor Heineke swag has kind of gotten to you, and I appreciate it. The, is your social media influencing traveler you? Three interceptions thrown by Pally for life. I'm gonna hand the mic back to Ahmed, and that's why he's a villain. Uh, he's a terrible person. That <laughs> apple was magnificent. Uh, I'm allergic to apples. You're allergic to apples. They make my gums itch. Um, I, I just want to echo that that this comment that he just read and and the episode is brought to you by the good people at A1 Appliance Bedding and Furniture. Uh, shout out to Alexis. Um, they're excellent people here in New Orleans. They work really really hard, and um, you know they I know they're watching. And we appreciate you guys for everything Are you you're did. You're not there. splitting the sponsorship money with me, homie. I ain't get a cut. I, we need to split it. It's your show, but I ain't get like ten percent. What's happening? No, no, but we'll have discussions about it, and that'll be after after the pot. Uh, and so that'll, that'll I be don't more love a one's uh, business practice. What don't you I've love heard they've said a lot of anti-Semitic stuff, and they support Kanye and Kyrie. I'm just saying. You, you know what? Heard... This has a lot of after the pod energy. So this was District <laughs> Divided at DC Sports Podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'm Amit. That is K Dot. That is Ridge. Where your helmet at? Uh, on the guest mic. We really, really appreciate the uh, contribution there. If you guys enjoyed today's video, please like it. Please subscribe. Please comment. Please share all that yeah. jazz. Um, I think I need to start doing that at the beginning of videos. Um, instead of just the very end, when it's like, oh, assuming you're if an you hour made in, it through all the way through, and you've shown clearly that you love us, please. Yeah, because you know what we want? We want the real ones. We don't want those those shallow fucking fans. We I want agree. the real that's, ones, and we got the real ones. Feels real. We do. Yeah, we you do. know. Yeah, we got the real ones, and they're in the comment section constantly. And we appreciate you guys so yeah, much. So, um, we may live stream Monday night. Uh, we are in talks. We're going to talk. So we're trying to figure out the technology as well. Um, yes. But we may end up live streaming the game Monday. Uh, we will let you guys know. But until then, take it easy. Okay. So you don't like the business practices of A1 Applied's Betting and Furniture? Yeah. Apparently, they love, they said the best movie ever created was this movie called uh, Hebrews the Negroes. Oh, you found, you found their Twitter. Yep. Okay. Okay. Yep. It's really, really rough. Like, yeah. um, there's one thing to say, like, they, they I, what did I hear? I said that they, they, they said that the best shoe ever made are the uh, Kyrie Nines, um, and that that's that, I, that's not okay. What what was the name of the shoe? One more time. The the Kyrie Nine. Not ready for that. Oh my god! Is that an original or has that just been circulating? What the joke? Yeah. Yeah, I said it on ASOS. <laughs> but it got buried. <laughs> it's an original. It's my it's my but it Dude, got buried a... in the ASOS episode. So I'm like, I need to re I need to bring it back. But I said I treated it like a new balance. I thought I call them nine 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 nine. <laughs> oh my god. Oh yeah, it's like it's like a, an hour and two minutes in the ASOS. So I was like, no one's gonna see this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, oh man oh man well the diehards here definitely saw it and definitely heard it and I, that's hysterical um listen have you been to new orleans before cannot i'm afraid of new orleans you're afraid of it terrified of new orleans i All can right, tell you why me. yeah yeah please do if i go I ain't coming back i'm never leaving so like it's one of those places that i so where i'm at right now i'm in beaufort county south carolina i'm about 25 minutes away from Hilton head and less than 20 minutes away from Savannah, Georgia. Savannah, Georgia uh, is one of my favorite cities in America. And you know its nickname? The Little Easy, because it's New Orleans, but clean. So Ooh. I love Savannah. You can drink outside as you're walking down. Like, I love to get my like my, my spiked iced tea or lemonade or, like, whiskey. With my... <laughs> yeah, please. Give us your tips. Please continue. <laughs> So that's so that's always been something like I I just everyone that I know personally that goes down to New Orleans is like yeah I ain't leave, and um I I think that I'd have that exact same energy and I'm not ready for it. So my thought process was always that I'm gonna go to Mardi Gras once, mm -hmm. which I think Mardi Gras will be so much that I won't want to stay. So Fair enough. Pollute it right. So I get like so New Orleans out that I'll be like yeah I gotta go. Home. This place is amazing, man. I I mean got in 
Wednesday around noon, um, a few hours before Ridge Where Your Helmet At. And so I was like, all right, well, I need it. It's my first time over here. I need to explore a little bit. And so walked around. Cafe Du Monde is the place that like you go. It's like one of yep. the just boxes you check. It was good. It was fine. Um, had a beignet. There's tons of just powdered sugar on it. And um, which was, hey, it was enjoyable. Um, and then walked over to Jackson Square. Apparently, that's where the Louisiana Purchase happened. That seems like something that on the info panel you should put in all caps and bold. Like this is this is pretty big right here. It was just written very casually in the regular font. I was like, wait, what? I had to read it like three times to be like, this is so casually the place where it occurred. Um, then realized there's no open container law, and so decided to go ahead and enjoy myself a carriage mule. Um, so that's some rye, that's some uh, rye whiskey over there, some ginger beer, that's some uh, lemon soda. It was oh, it was lovely. It was lovely. Um, and it has been a fantastic experience so far here in New Orleans. I think we should make a trip together somewhere. I think we'd have a lot of fun. I do too. I think that'd be a hell of a trip. Yeah. Now where, where would we go? That's the question. I feel like what we should do is make, let's, let's do, let's plot a Washington away game next season. That would actually be a lot of fun. So we figure out what town, because there was a comment that we had about what town we would most want to go to. Right. That was last week. Um, yeah. Last week. So, uh, Let's figure that out. Let's let's do an away trip uh-huh. to one of these to 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 a game. We'll take a look at the schedule and everything, and try to figure out a place to go and just have like a a commander's away thing. I think that would be a, a, an absolutely fantastic idea. And now that we have the travel budget to do it, you know, and we could easily a one in there anti-Semitic. Yeah, we and we really appreciate the good people at a one appliance vetting and furniture over there. Simple as that. Just because they tweeted oh, out. The Kyrie, <laughs> I can't even do it. I just start laughing each time I think about it. You're not gonna say the name of the shoe. Okay. Yeah. I think on that note, we gotta go. Can we go to see Wakanda forever? Yeah. <laughs> oh, let me know then. See you guys Monday for the live stream. Bye, guys. If we do it. If Bye. we do it. <laughs> so we are.